Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market podcast, brought to you by Mountaintop Data. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be speaking with uh, Camille Rexton of 42 Agency about the marketing Thunderdome. This is one two-man enter, one-man leave, performance versus brand in marketing, and uh, we're going to get to the bottom of, of who the survivor is on, on that on today's show. So uh, Camille is the general manager of 42 Agency. That's a B2B agency that helps uh, software-as-a-service companies scale demand generation and build RevOps infrastructure. Camille, thanks for coming on the show today. And can you tell us RevOps infrastructure? Can you give our listeners a little Yeah, bit? Yeah, and thanks for having me. Uh, so when I say RevOps infrastructure, I mean anything as basic as implementing HubSpot, Salesforce to anything as more advanced as building out the processes of territory assignment, late assignment, attribution, third-party integration. So like basically what we call the backbone of your sales and marketing. Excellent. So you're handling the sales and marketing stuff that's not actually sales and marketing. Yeah. All the technology pieces behind awesome. it. Yeah, I've said before it would be a great world if marketing operations didn't exist, because because they weren't necessary. Not because you just weren't allowed to have operations yeah. stuff. You, you yeah. got to have it. But if marketing could mature to the point where um, you don't need an army of people to set up CRMs and handle data yeah. and all this other stuff. And like marketers can just focus on the creative content yeah. and yeah. getting yeah. the message out about their product. So um, thank you guys for handling that part, I guess. So companies <laughs> can focus on the marketing. Thank you. Appreciate it. And it's been an explosion of tools. So there's yeah, more and more. Yeah. Yep. The uh, what I have dubbed here, the marketing Thunderdome, and it's a little bit of a false I hate to tell you guys, I don't think we're going to pick a winner here today. We're just going to talk about the, what would you say, the the uh, dichotomy between the two. Um, but uh, performance versus brand. Can you tell the listeners what, just give a general idea of what that means, what we're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of conversations right now that I'm I'm privy to on social media or in person, everybody's asking, should we do brand marketing? Should we do performance marketing? How do you brand define brand marketing? How do you define performance marketing? And the core thesis that I have is that they're both the same thing, just different timelines and different stages of the company. And the other core thesis that I have is that performance is usually measured, not measured, or is measured under a different KPI, but it should be measured at the same KPI because ultimately brand also drives performance just over the longer term. A lot of people will focus solely on performance marketing, which direct response performance marketing, which might be like more generating leads or demos or like getting people to take a certain action. And then some people are just pure play doing brand marketing, which is just like getting your brand out there. But you need both. Uh, mm -hmm. You can't do one or the other. Ultimately, uh, if you do only one, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. So if you only do brand marketing, you won't have a the company might not be long enough to actually build a brand. And if right. you only do performance marketing, you're going to pretty much hit a threshold of you can't expand beyond that because very tactically you've reached the threshold of available search terms on Google. And then there's like no much, no matter how much more money you throw at it, there's only a finite number of people searching for a certain keyword on Google that you can target. It seems to me when companies max out their performance marketing, then all that's left is like, okay, I guess we spend on a Super Bowl ad or like, <laughs> then, then it's just do big brand things. 
I think you can do, uh, I mean, you don't have to do Super Bowl ads. I think you can do brand marketing and like content is a form of brand marketing because you're trying to build more thought leadership and you're trying to get into people's consideration set. And I have this way of, I, I used to say this thing to my team as well, is that how will people buy from you if they don't know you exist? So if people, folks need to know you exist and what you do and what problems you solve, and then they might eventually come and buy from you. But also at the same time, if somebody's in market right now, they're like, I need a, you know, I need a CRM right now because my business can't run without it. You need to be present in that moment as well. And that's what I call performance or direct direct response or whatever it has. Right. So if you have a one year runway on your startup, brand is probably not the best no. focus of your time. <laughs> but I, I've heard someone say before that whether you do brand marketing or not, um, you have a brand. It's yeah. just how much are you controlling it? Like yeah. if you have yeah. one salesperson, you're having they're having a brand interaction every time they talk to a potential customer. Yes. Yes. You have a and website brand, is... brand interact maybe yeah. nobody goes there on purpose, but <laughs> Yeah. I I was listening to this podcast and they define brand as a shared meaning people have about a company or something. And like it's just a perception people have about your company based on the website, based on what you put out there in social media, based on the employees and how they interact, based on the visuals and the visual identities. So like a lot of people will equate brand to like the logo and the brand is actually way more holistic than that. Right. Not it's branding. Just, We're talking about the yeah. uh, not the physical that. branding and like stickers and refrigerator magnets and stuff like that, but yeah, but the uh, the ethereal brand that exists in people's minds. Yes, yes, yes. And that can go into positioning and messaging and how you position yourself in the marketplace and all that stuff. And a lot of the performance marketing kind of feeds off that. So like based on your brand, you can run your performance marketing in a certain way. But if you're only, uh, imagine there's a, like, if you're only doing performance marketing, even in like the ad channels itself, it's based on an auction model. So it's you and 20 other companies trying to raise the same, same subset of people who are actively in market. And you want to, you want to be there and you want to be bidding for those terms and you want to be in that, in that mix. But as well, like that's maybe 20% of your total target market. And the rest of the 80% is like not actively actively searching for a solution and they're just they're not even problem over right now personally i uh, hate i hate the lead auctions like i'm yeah, sorry i don't yeah. want to buy my auctions at a lead i'm not the biggest uh, uh guy spender. in the room yeah. spender in the room so why am i going to go because those things are also it's not just an auction where you pay if you win it it's like no no this is one of those incremental auctions yeah. You bid and you pay that bid, even if yeah. you don't win, you better win the final yeah. bid. Yeah. And it's like, oh, forget about that. I'm not, yeah, I'm always, I'm not just gonna always lose that auction. I'll, I'll go out and uh, work another channel. Thank you very much. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, you wanna, you wanna be top of mind for the people who are not actively in the market right now, but like, suppose in six months they're like, okay, I need a CRM. And if they've seen your name, if they've seen your ads, they know about you, you, they're more likely to come and explore you as a solution versus some unknown brand that they've never heard of before. Right. So you want to be an option. You want to show up in the search engines. That's one yeah. way they say, I need a CRM, but also do they know you exist? I know yeah. we've had that problem uh, here of, hey, we have a great product, but nobody knows about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all right, why not? You know, maybe you're selling a book door to door and it's only the doors you knock on that can possibly yes. know about it. Yes. How can you get more exposure than this? You yeah. can't really scale door to door, it seems like. 
Yeah, you need to be part of those conversations. And being part of the conversation, it's very hard to be directly part of those conversations, but it's very easy to be present where your customers are. And then when they start having their conversations, you can be a part of them. Would it be accurate to say performance marketing helps you survive and brand marketing helps you scale? Yeah, I think that's a good description. The way I say is it's about time horizons. So performance marketing is a shorter time horizon for companies to generate more immediate term results. And brand marketing is more of a longer time horizon where performance marketing helps more people get to buy you today, but brand marketing helps you get more people to buy you in the next two years or right. whatever that time frame is. So one's an investment, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, can you give, uh, so for the listeners, can you give some examples of some brand versus performance marketing? I'm sure yeah. I don't want to talk down to the listeners, but some of them yeah. may not be clear on exactly what the categories are we're talking about here. Yeah. So that's like, my way of saying I have no idea what we're talking about. Please tell me. Uh, like I, I, I treat like events can be a brand channel because events you you do have that direct response angle, but being present at events, speaking at events is you're not getting a direct ROI off of it, but you're you're basically around where your customers are hanging out. Out of home can be a great brand channel, print, radio. Uh, TV, or even as far as on paid social or display, you just want to be, or YouTube, for example, we see, a, in, in, we've done some analysis where we see a, uh, YouTube as a great brand channel that can also impact performance because your performance goes up when people see your brand in more places. Going on a podcast, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, going on, yeah, this is like, yeah. So it seems like some of these are purely brand. Like going yeah. on a podcast, there's probably not. I mean, maybe there's a sometimes it's like, hey, and then you mention a you know a promo code at the end to get yeah, a deal, yeah. and you can get some performance marketing from it. Um, but uh, some of them seem like they're purely brand. Some are purely performance. But then there's a lot of like the events. You're going to actually yeah. physically meet people directly and sell some of yeah. these events. There's a lot of selling going on at the events. Yeah skipping right over the marketing side. The marketing is we have a booth. You can trust us. We invest yeah. in being here. Yeah. Um, we've seen that for ourselves and a lot of companies. We tell people, well, the only reason to go to this event is to you're paying the cover charge. So people know you're, you're real. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Like you just, yeah. your brand has to be seen. If you're not seen yeah. there, then it's like yeah. being a Hollywood celebrity or something. Well, I have to go be seen or otherwise yeah. my brand yeah. diminishes. Yeah. 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 And like, okay. there's a, definitely an overlap. I think like a lot of people treat brand as a separate thing, bucket of activities, but there's like, if you do brand marketing, it does have an impact on the bottom line. Your CPCs might go down, your conversion rates might go up because people are more likely to convert on your ads because you've established that trust through your brand marketing beforehand. Right. Yeah, I'd say if you do an event and you're, uh, the people you have working at the booth are rude, yeah, um, they may have some clients you close more business with or something like that, but they're, you know, they're they're pushing off of some some bad branding. It's hurting your brand equity. Yeah, yeah. yeah your yeah. customer service, your sales reps on the calls. Yeah, even things down to like the the quality of the phone connection. You know, yeah. if I have a yeah. company and they're calling me and it's always a crap phone connection, I'm yeah. like, I don't want to do business with these guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hundred percent. So there's a lot of aspects, even when you don't mean to be doing brand, uh, that reflect. Yeah, like I like to say that performance marketing can build brand as well, because just by the way, your people seeing your ads, it just sits in their long-term memory. So like if I see an ad on Facebook for a brand constantly all the time, it's going to be top of mind for me. 
So even though the ad itself might be meant for more direct response objectives, just the fact that I'm seeing the ad in my feed a lot of times, it's it starts mm-hmm. to build that brand association. I'd say also if you're if your main contact point with your customers and prospects are SDR sales development reps, business development reps, um, then that's your main branding. Like yeah. how are how are these people coming across on the phone? How's the phone connection? Yeah. What's yeah. their email etiquette like? Yeah. Uh, is is the majority of the brand? It's a one to one branding, but that's yeah. what you're putting out there. Yeah, yeah, which is like it's a bit strange to me that the most junior people are get hired into SDR roles because that's your most front facing face of the company. So, um, this moves me on to recommendations yeah. from you. So we've got this picture of these two things, and again, I have to apologize to everyone. I mean, this, you know, this big buildup of the Thunderdome. We're not going to fight to the death here. This, the, this stuff all works together. They're conjoined twins that cannot be separated. Um, type of a thing. So what kind of recommendations do you have for people in executing brand versus performance? When to do one, when to do the other, how? Good question. So typically with our customers, we do a 30-60, split. So we'll do a 30% on yeah, 30-60 is weird. You're missing 10 there. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll do like ten so percent for you guys. We keep ten percent. <laughs> so we'll do we'll do a split, and we'll do we'll always have like baseline brand campaigns. I think one of the mistakes people make is like they launch this campaign for like three months, and then they'll kill it off completely, and then your customers won't see your ads anywhere. Then they come back again six months later. And I think you need to have that baseline of always on campaigns, which are more brands. So they might be video ads, there might be some content, there might be some podcast, whatever have you. So that you're just constantly in people's mind. And then you have these blips of direct response where you might have a special campaign or offer or something that is like driving people to a specific action. We typically do like a baseline for like 20%, 30% of spend. We do like a base, like a brand campaign spend where we're not expecting a direct immediate return off of it, but we're looking at that and then layering on top direct response campaigns like request for demo or whatever have you or sign up for a trial because we we see that those baseline brand campaigns tend to have a positive effect on reducing the cost on those direct response campaigns. So, that's, so would that just be like the equivalent of having a, a billboard out somewhere so people correct. are seeing the brand? Yeah. There's, they're not going to take action off the billboard really, but when they yeah. see it when somewhere they, the else, comes, now they're like, oh, this isn't some unknown random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, I remember the story about Airtable uh, it was on a podcast I was listening to. Airtable uh, did a lot of like billboards in San Francisco. And the billboards only purpose was to build trust with companies that they're a legit company. That was right. it. They were not expecting. And they, the billboards were concentrated in a certain area within San Francisco. So like there's a lot of tech companies there. So it was just like, hey, they have a billboard. They must be a legit company. They're not like some random company that's going to go bankrupt in two days. And that's has an extra impact when that billboard's really expensive, which yeah. billboards in the Silicon it's like a premium. Valley area yeah. are ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so like if they can afford to pay for a billboard in San Francisco, they must be an actual company with money and they're yeah. not like yeah. some, yeah. I always dreamed of somebody running a campaign where it's like, hey, we know Camille works in Silicon Valley and we know he drives 
through this busy yeah, yeah, yeah. corridor here. Let's do a billboard that's just addressing Camille. Be like, hey, Camille, call us. And we're like, at the price we pay for that billboard, he's got to call us, right? There's we no way actually, he not call us. We actually done that for one customer that used to sell to airlines, and we bought billboards outside of their offices. Mm-hmm. And like and two weeks later, they were like, oh, I saw your billboard. Let's tell me more about what you guys do. But I'm saying you got to take it to the next level. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I need a specific like VP of marketing in that or whoever they're targeting to see their name on the billboard. Here's my direct line. Call me, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I need to talk about this. Just like bubble. Yeah, up yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it may be an expensive lead, but you're going to yeah. get that lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be a high value product if you're going to yeah. do that. Although yeah. I would say that kind of campaign would be funny if you put a non-existent person in there, even it would probably get a lot of resistance. It probably get a lot of social attention. Like yeah. uh, I've seen, uh, there's a company that gets you like a 10 second slot on some Times Square billboard. And like, they're relatively cheap because it's like 10 second slot, but like they hire a photographer to go out there and take a picture of that. And then they put that on social media as their yeah. main marketing creative. It's like having your picture taken with a cardboard cutout of a celebrity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the the wax uh, figure or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he, they posted everywhere. Look, I was there. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and sorry, I was just gonna say, like, we 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 built like uh, marketing models for our customers where we can understand like what is an incremental effect of running brand campaigns, and it does have an incremental effect on like the direct response stuff. Okay, it does, but. Do you ever have a situation where you tell a customer, oh, this isn't for you? Like we should focus on- If they're on too this early stage. Week. Yeah. If they're too early, early stage, stage. The, just like if you have 50K in spend, spend that on like direct response. You don't need to do brand stuff. So they're like, we're dreaming of a billboard though in Silicon Valley. And you're like, no, 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 you, no. You no. do more of hand-to-hand combat. Like you yeah. need to get people on the phone and like talk to them. It's more about that rather than like the big expensive splashy stuff. Yeah. I God, we had a guest one time that said- um, Look, your first marketing hire should be a salesperson. Yeah, second, yeah, 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 yeah. Your yeah. second one should be an SDR, and then yes. and they're yes. like, you yes, hundred percent first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you don't, if you don't, if you don't have customers, right, then nothing, nothing's gonna happen. Like a lot of people will be like, uh, oh, I want to invest in my website. And I'm like, forget about that. Just reach out to people you want to sell to. Just have one to one conversations. You don't need a website. You don't need a logo. You don't need a brand. You don't even have a brand at that stage. Like the brand evolves over time. Mm-hmm. At that time, your only concern is how do I close 10 customers in the next 10 months? Like that's what you need to be worried about. A lot of people seem to have read the the um, the famous book, The Fat Startup. Yeah. Which yeah. Is a yeah. counter to the lean startup where they're yeah. like, I need to build this thing out perfectly and then launch it in a massive yeah. launch and all every fashion and then nobody shows up and they're like what the hell i watched field yeah, games. Yeah. they're supposed to just show up man yeah um, yeah 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 <laughs> so you're saying they build up build up to it focus Incremental. on um, yeah on, on the performance initially so in this thunderdome if you're a small company the performance marketing wins you have out. to max out your performance marketing like you went to reach that point where like okay my my incremental return on my every dollar spent is not that high mm-hmm. let me see if i can add brand marketing to the mix and get some get some uh, favorable economics but to start off you should be like get people through the door get them get them to buy your product so interesting there you say max it out i think a lot of marketers um ha- in, until you've actually done that and experienced wondering why things are quote-unquote failing yeah um because they're not succeeding at the rate they used to 
um, marketers sometimes, you know, will, will pitch and say, look, if you do well in your marketing, yeah, the company will give you more budget. They'll yeah. give you as much as you want. Like, hey, if you take $100 and you give us 10 leads that salespeople want, how much more money can we give you? Yeah. Um, but some marketers don't realize there's a ceiling to that. Yeah. Like there's a, you know, I would say there's what you call a foot and a shoulder in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. On, on a curve where the foot is certain things you can pour money into and you're not going to get any result because you didn't put enough money into it to get the yeah. engine going at all. Um, but then most people are stuck in the middle, which is great. But if you have enough success, you get to the problem yeah. of we've maxed this out. We've maxed out the channel. Reason, yeah. We, we added another hundred thousand dollars and we didn't get yeah. the same and results. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They don't realize most, almost every channel has a natural ceiling to it. Saturated it. Yeah. 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 So like if your TAM is small and you're like, you're already like very small example, like you get a thousand switches a month on high intent keywords on AdWords, no matter how much more money you pour into it, you're not going to get more searches. But then you can go out to people who are not actively searching and try and reach those people through like paid social or some other means. We've had people come to us as a list company and they want a large list to market it to. And they tell us what their their market is, their, their TAM, their total addressable market. And we say, oh, you need a bicycle. Yeah. What are you talking about? Well, you have a five yeah. mile radius you want of businesses like you just need to get on a bicycle and ride around. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There is no list of your contacts. It, it is such a ad small addressable market. You just need to personally get to know every one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're saturated. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and then yeah. expand your products yeah. to find more people. And then like geographic product on different products. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Okay, so knowing the addressable market and when you might saturate too, so you don't take so much money into marketing when you're killing it. And then try there's to, try also to put it into a machine that can't hold it. And there's also like uh, we've done studies where we can see we can clearly see that every incremental dollar spend isn't bringing in the incremental result you want. Mm -hmm. So for every channel, there's kind of like this sweet spot of like the curve starts to flatten out, and you want to understand where it starts to flatten out because then even if you put 100k more, you're just not going to get the results you're looking. Right. You can't brute force your way through that ceiling. Yeah. It's just yeah, there. it just you saturated there. it. Yeah. Okay, so then you expand maybe to other. Um, performance areas or eventually to different channels, different geographies, build out different products for different use cases. So like you're hitting this segment persona right now, you edges and stuff that you can target. And then that's like more product business strategy as well. Like how you want to do that. So is that where you see some companies, they just like, well, now we need to buy another company that does yeah. something different because we've maxed we've, out what we can do in this industry. Yeah. <laughs> we've had a customer that we were working with and they were kind of maxing out on the business side as well. Like they they hit that segment. And then there was two other companies that were different. They were serving different segments. One was on the lower side of the segment. So they were more of a freemium model for SMBs. And one was a completely different market. And they bought on those, bought those companies and brought them into the umbrella. It's the Michael Jordan scenario. We're like, I've dominated this sport. I have to move on to another one now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. nothing more I can do in this. Sport. Yeah, you just yeah. Let me. Yeah. Uh, we, oh, you we, move to we, different one like, here. Yeah, you move to Europe. You move to APAC. You move to India yeah. to like sell to different geographies. Would have loved to see Jordan go into the um, football uh, European uh, uh, basketball league. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> have been really confused. Wait, we have the people who flunk out of the NBA, and then we have. <laughs> Their number one player. This is really <laughs> confusing. He's like, I'm done over there. I've beaten yeah. everybody. <laughs> and some of the listeners are like, who the hell's Jordan? That's that golfing guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> he sells shoes. What does he have to do with 
Um, we may have some younger listeners on here. Um, okay, excellent. Uh, so I think we've gotten around the performance and brand, how to balance them. It sounds like you said 70-30 or 30-70. Does that, I mean, once the company gets to a certain level, does that start to kind of flip yes. where you're spending 70 on like, brand? Uh, there's uh there's a really great article by Les Binet who wrote who who's done a lot of studies on this and I I'm gonna misquote him but he actually recommends the opposite where brand should be a heavier thing but uh I think that's also in the B2C context because B2C tends to be more brand driven rather than B2B which tends to be more feature and use case driven. And possibly but, B2C you couldn't direct market quite the way you can yeah, now. Because of, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was either door to door or brand. Those were your options. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because it's more mass market, right? So like you, you just want to get like you want to reach as many people as you can. If uh, you do a B two C billboard with a specific person you're pitching to, it's probably not gonna. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's gonna work <laughs> out, but you're gonna really lose a lot of money. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would I would recommend to check that out. He's written quite a few things. What on was the, the name again? Les Binet. I'm going to probably mispronouncing him, his name, but uh, he's an academic. He's written a lot about this stuff. Uh, he recommends like 60, 70% brand and 30, 40% direct response. Well, he's probably but speaking you, to larger companies. He's and a lot more yeah. consumer. Yes. Yes. But like, I think as you grow like Salesforce, nobody like Salesforce sales reps are sitting there and people are just calling them to say, I want to buy Salesforce so they can do the billboard. They can do the Super Bowl. They can do the big brand splashy stuff because they have saturated their immediate market. And they don't even need salespeople. Like you just need order takers. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. It's a good place to be. Yeah. Once you have order takers, it's like, okay, now you can do a ton of brand. Yeah. 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 Dumping on the brand. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And then you just, you just like work on the brand perception. Right. But yeah. Hey, yeah, maybe invest a little in improving your product too. Yeah, <laughs> Lightning was supposed to be that, but I don't know. <laughs> Jury's still. I I hate. I can't stand Lightning. <laughs> um, so there's a thing in marketing, and salespeople always um beat marketing up over this. And this is where the salespeople are saying, "Hey, we want sales qualified leads. These marketing people are lazy. Marketing's where you go when you fail at sales, and you don't want to be measured anymore, and all those kind of things." Um. But there is a thing in marketing where a lot of marketers just want to do the brand marketing. That's what they yeah. think of as marketing, not yeah. any of the performance footwork. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, other than unintentionally here, working with an agency like yours to handle the operations, non-fun marketing stuff, but there's still performance marketing that needs to be done for these yeah. people who really just want to design that Super Bowl commercial or that billboard or yeah. something. You're like, no, no, no. Is there something in performance marketing where that energy and interest can be redirected? I mean, rather than doing a billboard, maybe do a billboard within yeah. email or something like that. Or creative. So we we have a pretty big creative team right now on our side. And like we find creative, even especially on the performance side, makes a big impact on performance. So like if you're creative and you can get creative on the creative side. So if you add creative is interesting it stands out in the feed like our art director always says like it's not you're not competing with other b2b companies you're competing with netflix and time warner and all these other things that are also because you're not a b2b buyer you're also a consumer so all these consumer companies are also trying to reach you through these same channels that this b2b company is trying to reach you to and you need your creators to stand out in that feed 
So I think there's a lot of creative energy that goes like performance isn't just dry spreadsheet numbers. There's also creativity to it because you can you can get a lot of creative around like how you the offer, the creative, the presentation, like all that stuff. You still have and, to have campaigns, right? I mean, you still yeah. have to come up with content exactly. to push out to people. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not as it's not a you know a full page spread in a magazine. Yeah. 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 You do yeah. a full page spread in an email. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then it's, well, I guess the other part is it's expected to convert. Yeah. And working on that convert part isn't as sexy as the fun full page spread where it's like, Hey, yeah. you made something you like. It doesn't matter if the end user liked it because you can't really measure it trickle yeah. down anyway. It's general brand stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you, it, it seems like those, it seems like marketers have to be better in a company that should be more performance focused in smaller companies. There's more pressure because you're accountable for a number. But I also think that brand marketing should be measured under similar frameworks and not treated as, oh, we're just going to do brand spend. Let's write it off. You shouldn't be writing it off. There's ways to measure brand marketing and how effective it is either directly or indirectly. Like you can do uh, brand recall surveys and you can understand what your brand presentation is, or you can do like, oh, when we did these brand campaigns, it actually has an impact on the bottom line. Hmm. So like... I don't think brands should be abdicated from the responsibility of measurement. And I think that's like the one mistake I see people make is like they treat brand marketing as a separate thing that we're just going to like, we're going to sink money into it. We don't expect a return, but in fact, it should bring, it does. And it should bring the return. Which is, I think the, to the chagrin of marketers who thought MarTech was going to be great for them and then realized, wait a second, there's going to be a way to measure what we do now. Yeah. And then they're yeah. like, oh, we don't like this technology anymore. Never mind. It's more work and, and we're being measured. We like the day when we could do an ad and these, when people yeah. said, hey, marketing sucks. And we're just like, did we have sales last year? Well, that was us. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Like, yeah. 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 I think the good old days um, in, in advertising, when you didn't yeah. have to be measured, were really nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you plan on getting into marketing now, people, or if you're listening, you're already in marketing. It's no longer a place you can hide and just do fun things. Mm -hmm. It's even the brand stuff is measured and measurable, and yeah, you you will be held accountable. That's yeah. unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also the fun of it. Right, right. Um, I guess I would say it. It means marketers have to be better now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Means we should be getting better marketing, and then everybody wins. Yes. Let's see. Um, I want to switch over a little bit here. We've gotten into the performance versus brand thing quite a bit. We'll touch on it a little more in a minute, but uh, I want to uh, have you talk a little bit about 42 Agency, about yourself. You've yeah. got a history before 42 Agency even. Um, so can you kind of tell us where you came from, how you got to where you're at, yeah. and then what you guys do there at 42? Uh, I was in-house for about 12 years doing growth marketing, uh, demand gen, marketing ops roles, uh, started the company five years ago. And we are fortunate enough to work with like some really great B2B brands. And uh, we help with paid media acquisition, demand gen, SEO, and then marketing ops, creative, and brand, uh, like market ops, rev ops, sales ops. So you're handling the ugly stuff like Google ads is fine. It's great. Hey, you can just create an account, go on and create an ad when it first came out. And now it's like, you need a PhD in Google ads to make it work. Otherwise you're, yeah. <laughs> it's like a casino. If you just walk in and try to do it yourself, you're a sucker and you're just getting fed and we, on by we blend else. both. So we blend the demand gen stuff with the marketing up stuff. So then you can see downstream, how are these things converting into opportunities and pipeline. 
because I think one, uh, it's not just about getting that conversion. It's also about like, is this actually going downstream? And then we also have a pretty strong creative side where we can spin up creatives and brand assets for uh, companies to use on organic social, great social landing pages, all of that. So somebody says, yes, we need brand marketing. Can you make us a new logo? And then you have to sit them down and explain to them that that's not actually brand marketing. And that's say, not yes, brand marketing. But we can make you a new logo. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Have you ever had to fire a client or tell yes. a client, no, we can't help you? Yes, plenty of times. Uh, usually they're early stage. So it's like we typically work with companies that are doing 5 million plus in ARR because uh, before that, I don't think you should be spending money on these things. Like you have to build that repeatable process. So we've had some clients that were too early stage for us. And then we sort of redirect them to like fractional CMO or more advisory type people who are able to help lay that foundation for them. So Emily Kramer has this great essay on engine versus fuel. So like you have to build the engine first, which is the marketing messaging, the product messaging, all that stuff. And then we're more of the fuel that that helps accelerate that. Hmm. But we're not going to help you build the foundational stuff. That's like a different skill set. So it's kind of going back to the lean startup mentioned earlier. If a company is just starting up, kind of saying, let's go out and get an agency and go like, no, 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 make a first couple sales first. Like, yeah, yeah. Make Find sure you marketing, actually have a product and that people can buy yeah. and stuff before you, you know, 100%. Waste, waste money on an agency. Um, yeah. Although it probably would, you know, it's it's too much of a gamble at that stage, I guess, you're thinking. Yeah, like most agencies are not built that way, right? Agencies are not experts in the product that you have. They're not experts in the market mm-hmm. that you have. So like nobody's going to be as close to the customer as you are going to be. Interesting. So they they need to have worked that out and kind of, monetary success means one, you have the budget Two, you've you've worked out your audience enough to get there um, that you guys don't have to step in and figure out all the basics for them. They can tell you who their audience is and they can tell you how it works. Yeah, we do. We do do a little bit of qualitative research, but that's more in service of CR road than actually figure out your, your foundational pieces. Excellent. Okay. And then what about more about you? Uh, you you kind of skipped over that part, Camille. Yeah, so <laughs> came up through B2B marketing, uh, grew up in Pakistan, moved to Canada 10 years ago. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, the, my a lot of the experience that I had in my in-house time sort of translated into what we offer as services right now. So are you one of the people who started the, the company, 42? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. A question about that. When you start a company like an agency, did you have a, did you start with a, like a core customer or did you say, yes. Hey, I want to start an agency and just go out and find people. So I was fortunate enough that I had a big enough network in the industry that one, one, my current employer at the time was very supportive and they uh, shout out to Amrita Gurney, who was my boss. And she's like, why don't we become your first client? Because I want to support you on this new adventure. And then I talked to a couple of people. That's their way they- of saying you're leaving and we don't want to lose you. Yeah. <laughs> so I supported them as they were my first customer. And then like I knew enough people that I told them I was starting this thing and they were like, okay, let's talk about how you can help us because we need help with XYZ. Excellent. I think a lot of marketers think they'd love to start an agency someday. Um, it, you know, it's like every little girl wants to be a veterinarian and every little boy wants to be a fireman. Um, yeah. But the steps to get there for an agency I don't know if I've seen a case where somebody just said, I'm going to start an agency and then go find business. It's almost always, I have this 
this starter client kind of. I have one big client, which is frequently the company they worked for, and they spin yeah. out to yeah. handle their their marketing. Yeah, and there's also the I saw this gap in the market where there was not enough people doing demand gen drive offsite work, and there was more companies looking to hire them. Mm-hmm. So that positions as well for that to fill in that gap for a lot of companies. Excellent, excellent. All right, um, let's switch back to the marketing Thunderdome here to finish it off. Um, anything we haven't covered? Anything I'm not asking about here in the in the brand uh, versus? No, I'm gonna area? I'm gonna I'm gonna plug an essay that a friend of mine wrote, Michael Lorenzo's. Uh, he wrote this great essay on the false dichotomy between brand and performance marketing. It's on his Substack. I don't remember the exact URL, but go check it out. He's a super smart guy, and I really love his writing. Also, check out uh, uh, the What podcast. They have this great podcast episode about brand. What does brand actually mean? Like what what did you say? The What podcast? Work W A R C. Oh yeah, I would never have. W A R C. Yeah. Does that stand for something? It does. I don't remember quite what it is, but it's like a it's a research institute about marketing. And then check out the work of Les Binet and these guys that are more academics. Awesome, awesome. Um, okay, then I feel like I have. Sorry, uh, one more plug. I just oh, forgot. Uh, Emily Kramer has a great newsletter. Uh, it's MKT One. Uh, go check that out. She writes incredible stuff. Excellent. And then, of course, um, I feel like we're jumping, uh, jumping to the. I'll, I'll probably have one more question I, I throw in here when it comes to mine. Um, of course, if anybody's looking for these kind of services to be handled, you guys are at uh, forty-two agency dot. Am I getting this right? Forty-two agency dot com. Yeah, good. Forty-two um, agency dot com, and then we'll have your contact information in in the show notes for the show as well. Anybody wants to go uh, find Camille there, um, look at uh, ifyoumarket.com. That's where we keep everything. And I guess uh, thanks for listening to the show. Thank you for coming on, Camille. Thank you for having me. Yeah, pleasure. And uh, on behalf of the If You Market team and Camille Rexton of 42 Agency, thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with performance and brand marketing, they will come. Are you looking for new leads or always in need of quality contacts for your marketing campaigns? But list companies and online tools are the worst, right? Well, then you've got to check out Top Data Search by Mountaintop Data. At Mountaintop Data, we're a team of weird people that actually like getting our hands dirty with sales and marketing data, and we specialize in business contact information. We compile and maintain a database of tens of millions of targeted, high-quality business decision makers with emails, phone numbers, mailing address, and all the information you need. Go to topdatasearch.com and request a free account with the promo code IYM1000 like if you market the podcast here and get a free account with unlimited searches, no seat fees and 1000 free record download credits. That's topdatasearch.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.